This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. And you, wherever you're checking us out, tapped out here on the BetQL Network. Good Saturday evening to you. As the man said, Brendan Tobin, I'm Sean Levine, producer Dick Noaker, and joining us now from MMA Lock of the Night. You can find him on Twitter at M-M-A-L-O-T-N. He is, I would say, if not the best friend of the show, he's damn close to it. He is Manpreet Joss. Manpreet, what's up, man? So uh, real quick, um... BT actually just said something that I wasn't really thinking of. He was talking about the pound-for-pound pound rankings and Volkanovski now kind of has thrown his name into the hat. Usman's been number one for a while. Do you think there's a case to be made that Volk should be at the very top? The one thing that we need to do whenever we have these situations is just drop out the recency bias, right? Volkanovski's win is just super fresh on our mind. That's that's why everybody wants to put him at the top. Let's let's slow it down a little bit, right? Let's go see what Kamaru Usman looks like against Leon Edwards in the next month or two, and then let's readjust from there. Let's not get with this recency bias stuff. We see it all the time. It used to be the GOAT pound-for-pound guy after any time a champion went out there and defended his title. I remember the TJ Dillashaw era. I remember all these Hendon Barrow eras. You guys remember that stuff? Hendon Barrow, oh, what an era. Right? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just the recency bias that's getting over everybody. For me personally, I still got Kamaru up there, but eventually... Yeah. Time is going to catch up to him. Maybe it's a Leon Edwards fight. Let's get that one done with first, and then we'll talk about Volkanovski taking that throw. I think, yeah, if I was to say, like, there's one, like, the best argument I'd say Kamara probably has is he's already, like, nearly finishing the 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 rematch, you know, the whole the whole deal. Like, he's he's done Masvidal and Covington, and now he's doing Leon again. Like, he's already run the gamut twice. Like, Volk is kind of defined by this one rivalry, and he did it the best you can do it. No doubt. And Max is going to the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. But I still think that, yeah, there's definitely more. That, I just feel like Kamara's got a couple more carrots on him that still keeps him pretty uh, safely in that one spot for me. Um, but turn our attention to tonight, man. Like, this is a, an interesting main event. Like, I look at this, and it's been a matchup we've been waiting for for a few times now. And Rafael Dos Anjos has had kind of a couple of weird matchups now because he's had to take on a couple of guys with just a few days' notice. And Fazeev is an absolute uh, menace with the striking. And it's the up-and-comer. He's the the favorite. Do you agree with where the odds sit tonight? Like, how do you see this one playing out? I, I think the odds are a little bit wide here. Like, we got to give Dos Anjos his flowers a little bit, right? I think plus 170, plus 180, I think that's getting a little bit whack here, especially considering Fiziev hasn't seen the championship or main event rounds at this point in time. And Dos Anjos has plenty under his belt that he's gone the full five rounds against uh we saw it a couple of weeks ago with armin uh Sarukian, right he's going goes in there as a huge favorite against matosh gamrot who had some five round experience under his belt and we saw him pull away the later that that fight went so 
I'm not leaving it out of the realm of possibility that RDA starts to pull away the later that this fight goes. But I do think that Fiziev's youth, strength, speed, all of that striking technique, uh, his takedown defense should hold him up for a solid 15 to 20 minutes. And then if RDA does start to take over later in this fight, I don't think it's going to produce a finish at all. I do think we see Fiziev uh, continue this run that he's on and beat uh, Dos Anjos by decision. How much do you uh, play into the return of RDA at lightweight? Like, he's been at a couple more fights now after his run at 170, where he took on, like, the who's who up there, but it wasn't the most successful 170 run. This is a division he was a champion at. Do you like an RDA better at 155? He seems remotivated, right? I think it was before the initial matchup with Mahachev where he moved back down to Brazil, started training with his old coaches again, and you see him in sick shape, right? You see him in really, really good shape after that, and he gave us some pretty good performances against Paul Felder and Hanato Moikano since then, and this is where he's going to have his most success. If he wants to make a title run again, it's going to be at 155. It won't be at 170. Those guys are too big. Their wrestling is too great, as we saw with Kobe Covington, Kamar Usman doing the same thing over and over to him, pretty much. Michael Chiesa, we saw him ragdoll RDA for the majority of 15 minutes there. So if he's going to have any success, I don't mind it at 55, but he's 37, right? He's, he's, he's getting he's up, up there in age. He's up there, man. So, yeah. Rafael Fazeev taking on Rafael Dos Anjos tonight. Let's go back to last week's main event real quick. Well, Israel Adesanya took out Jared Cannonier, so it looks like, man, we know what's next for Izzy. It looks like it's going to be uh, Alex Pereira. How do you think the odds are going to look when that finally comes to fight day, and which side are you leaning? I know it's early, but which side are you leaning? So they've already released odds for this. Uh, I think I saw uh, Adesanya minus 170, plus 140 to return on Pereira. I, I have to take quick, a shot. I saw those two, but it feels like those are early odds that – People are going to talk themselves really heavily into one side or the other, right? Like, you can either talk yourself into Israel and Tony because nobody beats him in this weight class, or the one guy that's beat him twice, you can pretty easily talk yourself into that one, too. Yeah, no, I think it's a great spot that they release the odds at because the public will obviously start to determine where that line starts to move. Exactly. But I think it's a good place to get money on both sides. I think we actually see it settle around this price tag, given their history. And, you know, I, I would take a shot on Pereira here at Underdog Odds, given that he already has two wins over him. I get it, different sport, but I think it's still going to ultimately be a, a striking battle once it comes down to it. And you got to give Pereira the edge there a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the plus 140 on Pereira. Hopefully they can make it by the end of the year. I love how we talk about different sport, like it's bowling and golf. Like, look, it was kickboxing that he beat him in. And yeah, it wasn't an octagon. There were ropes, but he can still do a lot of the same stuff. BT pointed this out earlier. Like, what is his path to victory? Is he going to wrestle all of a sudden? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No, that's not going to happen. I really don't think the wrestling phrase is going to cut it. Like, he's not a Kamaru Usman. He's not this crazy wrestler. And I think that's what the middleweight champions have kind of benefited from. Anderson Silva as well. There's never been a crazy good wrestler at middleweight outside of maybe Chris Weidman. But nobody that uses it like Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington. So, yeah, Izzy's wrestling, even if he tries to employ it, I think that Pereira's time that he's been spending with uh, Glover Teixeira, 
will really help him here. Takedown defense, get-ups. We saw it in his first two UFC fights. He does not accept bottom position at all. He's always working back to his feet, similar to what Adesanya showcased in his first couple UFC fights as well. People don't remember it, but Rob Wilkinson took him down three times, but he managed to get back up in his UFC debut and get back to his handiwork. That's what I've been seeing from Pereira early in his UFC career, which is why I think he'll be able to shut down the grappling of Izzy, and it's ultimately going to be a striking battle. Yeah, I think the thing, though, is like, Sean Strickland was standing right in front of Pereira. Like, I mean, he set him up with like it was a like his chin was up there like a like a, a hanging curveball. Like it was a meatball up there. Like Izzy, this is the one thing because we were talking about this with Izzy in the in the first segment, man. Preed about it, are his fights boring? Are they lackluster? Do we expect too much of him? Because I found that to be a pretty entertaining fight from the standpoint of these guys were throwing a lot. I think it just got to the point where Canada just couldn't hit him anymore, and and I think that speaks to just Izzy's defense, you know. Is he just is his is his striking defense almost getting to the point where because it makes these fights look ugly, people seem to think the fights are boring. But like, what is he supposed to do? Just get into wars with everybody? As diehards, we can say what we want about fight fights not being boring. But to the casual fan, it's gonna look boring. But from us, it looks like a masterclass, right? He's very good with his technical skills. He keeps his opponents on the outside. He shuts down any type of offense coming his way. And that's what allows him to have so much success, but it just doesn't look pretty in terms of selling pay-per-views or getting new fans or anything like that, right? That's why I think he's so boisterous with his personality to make up for some of the lackluster performances that we're eventually going to get from him, right? We got it from GSP. We got it from Khabib. It always happens. But yeah. I think this Pereira fight but is going to force him to fight. And I think that will get the fans back on his side here. It's interesting, though, that he's a, like the guys you're talking about, like they're all grapplers. Like, I get why that can be boring to fans. It's interesting that he is such a skilled striker, but can make these fights. Not, I mean, Anderson had a little bit of this sometimes. Anderson Silva definitely had fights where he got booed. But I do, I do feel like with Izzy, it's almost like a 50-50 coin flip. It's like maybe the fight's going to be awesome. Maybe it's going to be there's going to be some highlight reel KO that he puts forth. Or maybe he's just not going to engage with that because – he doesn't want to put himself at risk. I don't know. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough ass for him. Whereas like a guy like Max Holloway, typically through his run, like every fight is going to be entertaining. It's going to be a war. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting position that he's in there because you, are you asking him to be somebody he's not, or do you want him to go away from that? Because it'll make him a bigger star. Like, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what is he supposed to do in these cases and, and how, if, if, it, if it will ever affect him. He, he needs to have a couple, like, highlight reel performances, and I think he's had a couple of those already, right? The uh, Paulo Costa fight was a great fight for him. Yeah. But I think once it's all said and done, I think people will slowly start to forget about the Cannoneer performance or, like, the, the Marvin Vittori performance or whatever. That fight wasn't as bad as the Cannoneer one, per se. But, like, at the end of the day, we still look back at GSP and be like, that guy was a great fighter. You know, he's one of the yep. best to do it. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen here with Izzy as he starts breaking records, which I'm sure is on his mind. The record books at the end of the day don't tell us how entertaining a fight was. And I think that's what he's aiming for. If you want to make some money, check out MMA Lock of the Night. Manpreet Joss joining us here on Tapped Out. Uh, Sean O'Malley, if I said you got a free million bucks, right? One day he does fight for the title or he never fights for the title. Which way are you going? Oh, man. Uh, I I think he fights for the title with the right matchmaking. Just as Connor got the right matchmaking, in my opinion, if they continue to do the same, same thing here with Sean O'Malley, which it seems like they were doing, right? The Pedro Munoz fight on paper looked like a great fight for him. And although he lost the first two rounds, or sorry, first round on two judges' scorecards, seems like he was starting to pick up steam and he probably would have walked away with it afterwards. But, like, that was the best ranked opponent for him, right? In terms mm -hmm. of 
you know, giving him a ranked opponent stylistically speaking. You know what? I'm actually going to change my uh, answer. I don't think he fights for a title because I don't think he beats many guys inside that top eight. Like people are going to test him with his grappling. People are going to take him down. People are not just going to wait on the outside and get dinged by him like Eddie Wineland did, right? It's not going to happen. I don't think we see O'Malley fight for a title. It's also a killer division too. Like there's just, it's such a, it's (laughs) such a shark tank up there. Like, you know, like if we look to like Prohashka, like the rise that it, it's like, okay, you can get it 205. It's usually it's been run by old guys since John left. I get that. But how's he getting like, how's he cracking in there right now? Because but, but guys, here's the thing, like the promotion, and this is why we all love it. They'll put together the fight that people want to see. And the fight that people want to see at that weight class, half of that involves Sean O'Malley. So I'm not saying next or next after that, but yeah. I just think that if anybody's going to get that Dana privilege or the guy's got cooler hair than the other guy, I'm not saying that he's the best or is ever going to deserve a shot at the title. But if it was my free fake million bucks, man, Preet, I'm sticking with your first answer. Like, I think at some point and probably sooner rather than later, the promotion's going to give him a shot. It really depends on, like, who is there as a contender, right? Because I feel like there's always going to be a contender in that weight class that's more deserving than Sean O'Malley and his name value. And then at a certain point, O'Malley's going to have to win some fights against legitimate guys. Munoz would have been that first guy. But who else is there, right? Like, even throw him in there with Ricky Simone. What would Ricky Simone to do, do to Sean O'Malley, right? And uh, I think Simone's uh, sitting here uh, number 11. Uh, so he's two spots above uh, O'Malley at this point in time, right? There are a couple guys you could potentially put up uh, with O'Malley, maybe try to see what Dominic Cruz looks like against Marlon Vera in August. If he starts to look like he's falling off and slowing down, maybe that's a name that uh, O'Malley could take advantage of. But, man, uh, it's going to be tough. There's too many contenders at the top there. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, casuals can uh, be a little bit spoiled, so they may look at tonight and say this is a one-fight card. Um, but what is one that stands out to you, Manfred? Is there a, a bet tonight that you like that stands out to you that uh, gets you going? Because I think, you know, it, maybe the names aren't, like, the sexiest, but I think it's it, it's got the chance to be a pretty entertaining night. I'm going to be super uh, diehard here. And uh, pick the first fight of the night, man. It is the most intriguing fight to me. Sayed Yokov Kakramanov going up against... Uh, Ronnie Lawrence uh, going to be produce a lot of great scrambles, a lot of great grappling uh, opportunities there. Ronnie Lawrence is a guy that you know lands upwards of six takedowns a fight. This guy is crazy in terms of his pace, pressure, and relentless takedowns. But I do think that Kakramanov will be able to showcase a solid uh, defensive grappling game, really put his hands together, and possibly find a finish against Ronnie Lawrence later in this fight. But uh, all I gotta say is, if you guys know nothing about Kakramanov, go back and watch his fight against Umer Nurmagomedov in the PFL. Uh, before he made it to the UFC. It's one of those fights where it's like Armand Sarukian against Islam Mahachev, where in defeat, the guy gains stock. And I think that we'll see that potential from Kakramanov tonight. So, yeah, again, super, super hipster, uh, diehard MMA pick there. First fight of the night. Make sure you guys tune in at 6.30 p.m. Umar, by the way, a real Nurmagomedov compared to Saeed, not yes. a real Nurmagomedov. Uh, we got about a minute left. Cowboy Cerrone officially out of the octagon. What's your favorite Cowboy Cerrone moment? Just his run, man. There was that one run where he was just clubbing, subbing everybody. Uh, and it was just like mid to lower level competition. But like that run that he was on where he was fighting every two or three months, I love it. Like I, that was the the prime cowboy where you were staying busy. You know the the peak of the BMF ranch, all that stuff. Like he he was he was so awesome and entertaining. Um, there wasn't one specific moment because it seemed like anytime the big moment came, he kind of crumbled. Right, the the RDA title fight loses in a minute. Um, but the run up until that title fight, right 
absolutely phenomenal. When he was on, very, very hard to beat. And uh, actually, you know what? I'll, I will give you one. The Rick Story finish. Good God, that combination yes. with the head kick to finish it. Yes. That was awesome. That was probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It is crazy to think how, how many finishes Cowboy had in Fight of the Nights and Hall of Famer and all that. And he finished 0-6 in one no decision to finish out his career. I was looking at his last 14 fights, 4-10 and 10 in the octagon. That ain't the Cowboy I don't remember. I don't remember the guy that you were just talking about. Manfred Joss from MMA Lock of the Night. Let's do it again soon, brother. Appreciate your time. Love you guys as always, and I can't wait to do it again. Let's do it, man. And sorry about that concert got canceled on you last night, man. That's oh, it should have Don't don't remind me. I'm already over it. <laughs> Take a shot on me. All right. Just don't Venmo you. Manfred Joss, MMA lock of the night, joining us here on Tapped Out. Uh, BT, you got like 20 seconds left. What's your favorite cowboy moment? It's gotta be some sort of a head kick, right? Yeah, I love the I love the Matt Brown fight. That's that's a, that, that that's yes. one that sticks out. That's that's a, that's a great Mortal Kombat style from him. But like he's right. Like, I think the thing that we all fell in love with him is he really was anytime, anywhere, and that's uh, that's going to be his legacy and why he was always beloved and why a guy like that can go over to end his career and still I think uh, have the fans cheering for him. Speaking of beloved, Joey Chestnut is officially the goat. I'll tell you why coming up next. You're tapped out on the BetQL now.